Hey, Big MX Radio listeners. First of all, thanks for listening to another episode of the Big MX Radio podcast. We are closing in on 800 episodes. I can't believe it's already here. Uh, it's pretty amazing to me that uh, we've been at this for almost seven years, nearly 800 episodes, tons of interviews, tons of race reviews. Um, we've had legends like uh, Donnie Hansen on. We've had Jeff Ward on. If you haven't checked out those podcasts uh, with like guys like Johnny O'Mara and Steve Lampson, um, I, I might have to go back and, and, and re-release a couple of these episodes just because they're so cool. And uh, having Steve Lampson on the podcast for like an, two and a half hours at one point is pretty surreal. And that was a long time ago, if you think about it now, at least five years ago, if not more. Maybe dial up uh, Steve and, and do another one with him sometime. But anyway, um, having an awesome time with uh, the podcast and we're closing in on, on show 800. And uh, I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. Colt Nichols, fantastic guy, fantastic athlete, and uh, a real uh, crown jewel of the 250 class. I know he's injured all the time. He's battled through a lot of stuff, but uh, extremely talented, always looks good on the bike, and he's just one of the most salt-of-the-earth people that I've ever ran into in the sport who uh, really gives you the time. He always texts back when I shoot him a text, and he always makes time for me when it's uh, when I need an interview. Uh, and uh, typically, as you guys know, uh, I often say that I'm going I'm to have these guys on for 20, 20 25 minutes, and uh, Colt never gives me a hard time about keeping them for 40 or so. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, it's really, really cool to get his perspective on things. I love just kind of shooting this shit uh, with with Colt, and one of the best things about interviewing him is that basically it's just a great conversation I end up having to uh, record it for you guys. So enjoy this. Uh, I'm gonna throw one of my uh, new commercials in there at some point. Please, I really would appreciate it if you guys listen to it, and uh, as I appreciate you guys even listening to the podcast and continuing on. And uh, I, of course, these podcasts are always free. There's no charge for them. Um, but if I could, I, if I could ask you guys for uh, for one, uh, your little fee for, for listening to the podcast is to send me one friend. Send me a like-minded motocross friend. Uh, if you could make a post on, on social media, that would be awesome. If you don't want to do that, just t- take this um, podcast and send it to somebody who you think is going to enjoy it. Um, send them my, or send me their, their way and, and vice versa. And I would really appreciate it to, uh, get more people listening to the podcast and, uh, this would be fantastic. So that's, that's your fee. Uh, if you have Jonesy or, uh, many of the other listeners, Garrett Rockley, I'm talking to you, uh, send this to one person and, uh, uh, let's, let's, let's get this thing, uh, spread even further. So without further ado, here's Colt Nichols. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to medterracbd.com and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO20 to save 20% off every single one of your purchases. This podcast is also brought to you by Phoenix Handlebars and Alpine Stars MX. Go check those guys out. They're on the feet of our guest tonight. He's a repeat offender on the Big MX Radio Podcast. He's a friend of the show, and uh, he won the 250 main event a couple of nights ago. Goes by the name of Colt Nichols. Colt, how's it going? What's good? What's good? It's going good, man. I can't complain. The 64 in your program, number one in your hearts, a guy who I think this is, if I'm not mistaken, the sixth national number that you've had. You had 39 twice, 
31, and of course the 13, and then also the 69 uh, prior to that. So a number of different numbers, you're switching all the time, but I think the 64 looks good. Like I, I, it, Not as good as the 39, we talked about it, the 39 was very strong, and you were able to have it twice. But uh, tell me about it, like uh, the the new number for the for 2021. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of weird. I was it was actually a little unfortunate to be honest that in um, 2019 was the year that I almost raced every race. I missed the last two outdoors, and if I would have just raced those, I actually would have got to pick a, a permanent number. Right. Um, I, I had enough points to to actually accumulate that, but I missed the last two, and so I ended up losing out on that. But uh, then went to 13, and yeah, just wound up at 64 just with the way the the point system works so uh, I, I don't mind it you know a number's a number to me and kind of keep it moving until I can get a permanent and see what see what's open then it's just kind of hard a lot of numbers are already taken that you know are cool that I would want so uh, yeah we're planning on doing that this year I want to go you know try to do what I can to put myself in a position to have a you know a, a permanent after this year but yeah I don't mind the 64 at all I think it looks pretty good so Let's pretend for a second, like the season goes absolutely fantastic, unbelievable. That would actually like almost culminate you to be a double champion in the class. That's that's reaching for the stars. Now we're talking about single digit numbers. If that would be the case, if you were able to to absolutely ride outside of your own skull and get to that particular spot, would you take a single digit number? Like, or are you looking at eight? Or uh, I think it's eight is the only one, or five, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I would actually, I would love to. Obviously, that's, that's always the goal to to have like a single digit. I think that'd be pretty sick. You know, get to a point where you can, um, you know, win win an outdoor title and try to get one of those would, would definitely be the idea. But I, I really like five. I mean, I had two fives in my number as an amateur. I was number five ninety five, and um, when I wasn't five ninety five, I was actually fifteen at Loretta's all of my younger years. And then once I started to get a little older, it, it seems to always be taken for some reason. So I kind of just took what they had, but. Um, no, I mean five would be sick. I mean that that's a pretty sweet number, and yeah, I, I would take anything to be honest with you. Uh, I just want to put myself in a position to try to do that. I feel like I'm doing well so far. I mean, it's a long ways off, and you know, I'm kind of just trying to take it race by race at the moment, focus on the present and what I can do. But yeah, I mean that's always the goal. That'd be pretty sick to get one of those. Single digit numbers aside, is there one number that's not currently taken, or maybe a number that's currently taken that you wish you could choose from? That, uh, given the opportunity to take a permanent number, what would you go with? And also, I'll put this on the end of this conversation or this question: is if you were able to take a three digit number, a la Travis Pastrana, a la uh, Josh Hansen, or uh, the the eight hundred. Would you brand yourself with a three-digit number like uh, like the five nine five? Of course, myself, partial to the ninety-five. Been ro- rocking that number since ni- no, two thousand and two. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. Uh, as far as permanent number, I don't know. You know, like I said, the only number I really liked uh, a lot as uh, an amateur was fifteen. Yeah, and Dean obviously has that. Um, and then I don't think you want to be fifteen this week, man. Pardon. I don't think you want to be number 15 this week. No, he's probably getting a little blown <laughs> apart on the yeah. social, that's for sure. But, yeah, no, I, I like the 15, and I always thought the big number two looked cool on uh, MC's bike, and, you know, now, now Coop running it. It's a pretty good-looking number. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really mind the whole three-digit thing. Like, I know a lot of the GT dudes, you know, run three-digit numbers, like Caroli and Geyser, and all these guys are, you know, three-digit three-digit guys, and, um, they seem to do just fine branding themselves, and you know they're obviously on another level uh, as far as like where I'm at compared to them. But 
um, they're able to make it work really well, and I don't really think it would be a big deal to, to do that here. But obviously, with the way our number system works, we can't. But yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely I bring back the five nine five. It looks pretty cool. And unless I was able to get a single digit, then I would definitely do that. But yeah, I mean, it just uh, just depends. I mean, really. But I think it's kind of halfway cool with the way our number system works. Almost seems like it's a ranking in a sense. But um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe one of these days we can get down there and get a single. I'd be super pumped to see that. And I think the eight, I would love to see the number eight come back to motocross because literally the last guy that ran it was uh, Grant Langston and he retired in, in 2009. I think it's really weird that no one else has decided to, uh, to run it. Um, let's spin the clocks back. Let's go back to uh, 2020. I know a lot of people want to leave that year behind. Uh, uh, maybe yourself as well, considering your number 64 this year. Uh, but um, hand injury, some, like, uh, from my, from, from what I remember, still some solid rides uh, during. Or did you come? Did you come back for nationals at all? No. Uh, no nationals. Just just Salt no Lake. nationals. So hand yep. injury after Salt Lake, bummer. Especially because you you would really establish yourself for I think the fourth year in a row as a contender for wins in the, on the West Coast. We're gonna basically call this new East Coast the first coast, the West Coast. So this is a third year in a row where you're a contender on that uh, that championship. You, we don't see you all summer long. Uh, what was the recovery like on the hand? The issues that you had with it, because obviously uh, the hand, a lot of small bones in there, a lot of uh, movement that needs to be precise with you guys doing your work. You're basically surgeons on two wheels, unlike myself. And um, what was it like coming back to it? And then, from my understanding, a pretty like a a full off season for you, allowing you to get some fitness as well as uh, get uh, full go. And I think that that really plays into why you've been as dominant and uh, and as successful as you have been the first three rounds of uh, of Supercross. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of said it right there. Just having an off season was was nice, and yeah, twenty twenty was obviously not not very good. You know, I only got to race. I, I want to say four, maybe five races uh, at the, at the Salt Lake setup whenever we went there and. Um, I, I definitely wasn't as prepared as I wanted to be. You know, I came in just like, well, this is cool. You know, I'll get an opportunity to race and, you know, try to get some podiums or, or whatever. And that's what I was able to do. But I probably just didn't have enough time on the bike. You know, I'd, I'd only race or rode uh, Supercross for about four or five weeks before we went there. And um, I was just starting to get my legs underneath me, but it still just wasn't enough to be able to go compete with um, Chase and Shane, you know, to, to try to win those races. I was able to come through and get thirds and, you know, do that, but I wasn't in a position to try to beat those guys. So, um, that was unfortunate, but then I ended up getting hurt and put me in a position where I was, you know, same as <laughs> I'd done a, a few times in my career where I was trying to rush back and make it to outdoors and do all this stuff. And the hand just wasn't healing and, uh, just took a really, really long time for some reason. It was supposed to be a shorter injury than it was and it just took forever. So, it was in a sense a blessing of the skies. Like you never want to miss races, but I was able to really work on my off the bike fitness. And me and Swanee tried uh, a few things different this year. And you know, it's my fifth year training with Swanee, and um, we just—I I told him some things I didn't really like, and some stuff that I wanted to try to see, just be a little different. You know, just to try. And uh, we were able to apply it. Actually, feel like everyone always says that the strongest I've ever felt, the most fit I've been. But it's truth. Uh, for me coming into 2021 so it was good I was actually able to build this big block of fitness and I was able to do everything because I just had a hand you know I, I wasn't like I couldn't cycle and do all this stuff I was still able to do all that and that's 
I think what I contribute that to because normally once you're doing all that and you're healthy, you're riding. And this time I wasn't riding. So we even took a little longer off the bike once I realized I wasn't going to race any outdoors and really just try to build some gnarly off the bike fitness. And I did that. And once we started riding, I could kind of ease into it, take my time riding outdoors. And we got into supercross and really just try to take it a little slower, you know, not try to rush stuff. And the fitness is there. It was just getting the bike fitness back. And that comes, you know, just with putting in time. And, you know, I've never really got to put in that much time before season aside from 2019. So, yeah, I mean, it was just a big, big journey uh, in the off season. Got to do a lot of things a little different, which was nice. And I think I'm starting to see some uh, some good results because of it, honestly. It certainly has been. And I think that's something that a lot of people uh, maybe underestimate or don't value enough as far as the outside looking in, especially because a lot of the fans are not uh, thinking about things from the athletic side of things. The That base of fitness that that the actual the rudimentary uh, level of just where your fitness is and how much you have built up as far as being able to have endurance and, and stamina and move through uh, when things are really difficult. Um, I think that is really the X factor because every single one of you guys is crazy fast. You look at the lap times, you guys are separated by tenths of seconds, sometimes hundreds of seconds. Uh, but what it really comes down to is can you do that lap time again and again and again uh, and and can you be can you think clearly enough to get creative when lappers come at you and, and move around those guys efficiently and that's something that this year probably more than ever especially in the last two races that you've been able to exercise with uh, a lot of expertise uh, I think that's one of the honestly one of the reasons why uh, you moved forward late in both of the races and were able to do so and um, a lot of it, I think it has to do with not only working with Swanee and the fact that you guys have been working together so long. He knows your program. You know how to communicate with him to get the best out of the, the whole situation. But you've got that base of, of fitness that allows you to uh, put the, the, the skills that you have on display the whole way night through. You know what I mean? Like you, the Colt Nichols being fast on two wheels is not news to anybody, but being able to put it together from qualifying heat races and now main events uh, is, is I wouldn't say new, but it, it's it's uh, it's something that we haven't seen uh, consistently from you, and we're seeing that now, which is really encouraging. Yeah, I mean that that was the biggest thing. I knew areas that I struggled with, you know, one being yeah, I've never really been like that great at qualifying, and simply because I, I didn't really have that that raw speed. I was just relying on fitness in, in previous years, you know. Um, mainly strictly off the bike fitness on the bike i didn't really have much time coming in so you know you don't feel that comfort to kind of push it a little bit so this year i was you know trying to be a little better in qualifying you know that was a big thing work on my sprint speed a little bit and then uh after that just really try to rely on my fitness and i put in a lot of laps in the off season, which is like i said something new for me aside from coming into 2019 at the end of 2018 so that was just that's all it is, is, you know, being able to put in time, you put in time, you learn, uh, you get to ride with fast guys. And, you know, there's a whole squad of us now on, on star that I get to ride with. And that helps me out tremendously just cause I'm, I'm constantly getting pushed, but yeah, I mean, mainly just learning myself. This is, you know, my fifth year training with Swanee and, uh, we, we've learned a lot over, over the past five years. And like I said, this is the first year he's kind of let me take the reins a little bit as far as really valuing my opinion on what I think I need before you're a young kid you know you, you don't really question much you just kind of do what you're told and that's that but you know me being a little older now and 
doing this for a while, I kind of understood things a little more and what I felt like I needed. He really took that into consideration and was like, okay, well, maybe we could try this or maybe we could try that. I honestly, I'm super pumped with the way it's turned out so far. I, I feel like really strong and uh, also really fit as well. And I have, you know, some numbers to prove it. So that's pretty cool. So it's, it's a good confidence builder. And uh, then, like I said, mainly just doing the laps and being able to feel confident in what you're doing you know at the end of the race i can kind of finesse a little bit do what i can just because i i know my fitness is there and uh, that's gonna that's gonna be a huge confidence booster on top of that like uh, i got to imagine that rolling into a brand new season where uh three races in the span of eight days is pretty unreal like unreal that's not something that any 250 classes ever had to uh, endure uh, aside from uh, I guess like the, the Salt Lake situation but you guys had your race bikes pretty dialed in by that point in the year um, yourself uh, being on that on that bike for as, as long as you have do you feel like that's an advantage for you particularly like having worked with the team you know how to communicate with the the, the tech staff and uh, of course uh, the Enzo suspension guys to make sure that uh, you're moving in the right direction uh, I really feel like that is probably the the most underrated advantage uh, that, that anyone can have rolling into 2021 given the fact that you guys don't have that time to go to the test track and go dissect things on a Wednesday uh, when when you're you're racing like two days later or you race the the night before it's uh, it's gonna be pretty wild and, and also on top of that this week off has got to be pretty nice considering how busy the last couple of days have been for you yeah I mean yeah, you kind of sit there a little bit too like yeah, just being with the team for so long yeah it makes it just more comfortable you know like whenever you're trying to figure things out you know our, our uh, suspension guy Drew he's, he's been there for a while now you know a handful of years suspension and he's able to kind of understand what I'm, what I'm talking about, what I'm feeling. And he's like, well, remember when we tried this, it helped that, you know, you just have that experience there. Uh, it's definitely underrated when it comes to, you know, being around a team for a while, but uh, it's also good to get new teammates. Cause like you try to set the bike up a certain way for the way you ride, of course, but then you have somebody that comes in from another team or another bike and they have these, you know, opinions, they ride it and they're like, well, this is what I liked about this bike. Maybe we can try this. And it just brings a new little element to it maybe something new that might work for me as well. So uh, that's also been kind of cool, you know, to see that. But, yeah, with the back-to-back -back racing, it's, it's pretty different. But like I said, I, I feel really good about it just because of where my fitness is. And everyone's trying to recover, and everyone's got their own little sack of rocks to carry. Like someone's probably got a nagging injury here and there and, you know, all this kind of stuff going on. And uh, that's just part of it. I don't think you'll ever not have that. But, yeah, it's been really good so far. I had a really good program in Houston with the back-to-back -back races and what I was doing to recover and, and get ready for the next race, and I feel like it worked really well. So I do the same thing in Indy and try to come out swinging. Hey, Big MX Radio listeners. Let's take a quick break and hear from a couple of our sponsors. Actually, this is just one. When we started Phoenix Handlebars only a couple of years ago, you know, we had hopes that we would develop friendships and relationships with the people who bought our bars. We thought that would be a lot cooler than being merely just a handlebar company. Moto already has a few of those. So the hope was build a brand that people could find that connection with. Um, you know, tell their stories, helps us tell our story keeps moto alive keeps it fun that's what we think is really cool about about our sport are the stories writing is obviously super fun but 
the stories that we tell to and from the track on the light tailgate, that's part of the part of the excitement as well. And when each of you guys reach out to us after buying bars and tell us how like stoked you were and like, the quality, the packaging, whatever it might be, don't think for a second that that isn't just freaking awesome to us because we know you had options of other companies that you could have bought, companies that have won countless world championships and sponsor all the big name writers. But when you took time out of your day to hop on our website to spend your hard-earned money, we have a little company that you maybe never heard of until recently, your hard-earned money. We think that's pretty awesome. So when we got a message recently from a guy telling us just how awesome it was to receive a Phoenix Handlebars package, that he loved the quality of the product, that he loved the presentation, and felt like that he got something more than just bars. It wasn't like lost on us. We, we appreciate every one of those, like, those messages. Just wanted to say thanks, Dave. Your stuff is on its way. Hey, that's awesome, man. And on it, I, you mentioned the, the new teammates. And I, I feel like probably for at least for the first few days, you guys all had to have either name tags or you just walked around like after between your sessions be like, hi, I'm Colt Nichols. Hi, I'm Colt Nichols. And, and like introducing yourself to, uh, I would imagine, a ton of riders and a ton of mechanics and staff on top of that. Um, you've been on that team, like we've mentioned eight times in this podcast already, you've been there for a while. Um, like what's that process been like for you seeing that team grow from basically like, uh, two riders on each coast to, uh, I believe you guys have 436 riders on the team right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's chaotic, but at the same time, it's, it's really cool. Cause now like at the photo shoot this year, you know, I was, I'm one of the old veterans, you know, and that feels so weird to me because. I don't feel like that, obviously, but then I, I got, you know, Nate Thrasher, who's, who's only 18 years old, and, um, you know, Jarrett Fry, who's a young kid, 18, 19 years old, and, you know, we just signed Levi Kitchen a little bit after that, and he's, you know, another, I think, 19-year-old kid, and um, so it just it makes me feel old, for sure, but it's been honestly really cool. The whole staff, is, it's been the same guys, pretty much, like my mechanic, that was my mechanic since I started with Star, uh, I was working with him for four or five years, he's now our engine guy, and we have the same suspension guy that's been there. So it, it was cool for me to, to see him grow into a new position. And, you know, I, I have a new mechanic now, yes, but um, he's still been around the team for a while. Uh, he was Shane's mechanic last year. And um, that now the team manager for the 450 side of things is Jeremy Coker. And he was our engine guy on the 250 side. So it's just, it's a lot of familiar faces. You know, a lot of people already knew. And we, we already trained with Christian last summer and we trained with Malcolm the whole, you know, two years prior. So, it wasn't that new getting used to, you know, some of the older guys on the team, but you know, some of the young kids, honestly, really fun. They bring that young you know, energy and a um, bunch of idiots, but honestly, it's so fun uh, being around all the kids and it's just a, it's a really big team, but it's a fun team. I think we got good camaraderie around the team and everyone there is, is uh, does their part really well. 
keeping Colt Nickel nice and young. Uh, I, I wanted to touch on this really quick, and, and, and like, uh, I want to give a hats off to your general manager in uh, Jeremy Coker. You've, you've known that guy probably longer than I have, and just in the way that he has taken his personal level of fitness and, and his health in the last probably, has it been like three years? Where he's like basically gone yeah. from one end of the spectrum to another, and, and really grabbed hold of that and been consistent with it. I think that, like, of all the great things that, that Star does, that is an amazing example of uh, taking on a project, taking on uh, a goal, and seeing it through and being super successful with it. That in and of itself has been really inspiring to guys like even like yourself and seeing him where he was at physically, and then now he's just like a picture of fitness. It's really cool. Yeah, it honestly is, is really weird. Like, I, I almost forget how he looked before just because he's obviously so small, uh, so small now and able to join us on bike rides and, you know, be with us in the gym and stuff like that. It's honestly pretty wild because I just never would have thought that, you know, when I first met Jeremy. But um, it's honestly really cool. I mean, he, he's done some wonderful things and he's starting to take that 450 program and really grow into it. Um, you know, really try to fill the shoes that were there, but also kind of pave his own way and, He's really good at that kind of stuff. So um, I, I've been pumped for him. Dude. He, he seems like he's really enjoying his job and, you know, enjoying being being fit and going on that little journey, like you said, the past you know three years or so. So he, he's a good dude. And I'm happy for him. Absolutely. Good times, good people with Jeremy Coker. Uh, now, Cole, you're probably one of the most fashion-forward, fashion-conscious, and stylish guys, both on and off the bike. Um, it's tough to stick out when you got team gear uh, on, on a team where you all sort of look the same, but you set yourself apart, especially off the track. We're not going to get into the earring because that's not exactly my style. Maybe it's yours, but it's not mine. Um, but uh, wh where do you pull a lot of that inspiration from? How do you kind of put your own spin on it? Because uh, like a lot of these, like I don't feel like you're really a trend follower. I think you're you're a guy who um, sees something maybe from another era or just like something gets in your head and you, you implement that in your own program. I think that's kind of cool. And uh, um, yeah, like, tell me, talk to me a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just you know what what I like really. I mean, I, I don't really think about it too much to be honest as far as you know really planning how I'm going to do this or that it's just stuff that I think is cool and I, I take inspiration from this or that sure you know um, I, I just was raised you know I guess a little bit like that like you should see my, my dad's closet is pretty ridiculous he's got more Jordans than, than I do so I guess I can nice. buy it naturally but yeah it's just uh, I, I guess the stuff that I like he was a big basketball guy and uh, you know, I played basketball all the way up until I graduated high school, and uh, just I guess a little bit of that. You know, like the the, the sport I the sports I follow, the people I follow, the the trends. Uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, but uh, I just do what I like. You know, and it's so different from the typical, I think, industry guy. Like as far as moto, just because it's it's a little it's a little more reserved usually, and uh, I, I don't know. I just when it comes to that kind of stuff, I've always just been a little different in that sense. And, um, especially with Justin too, he was, he kind of thought the same way, you know? So it was kind of cool. Me and him would kind of do this little thing together. And it was honestly pretty cool. Just stuff that we were into, similar music, similar uh, cultural wise, like people that we look up to that we think are cool and just put our own little spin on it. And it's honestly fun. It just makes it something kind of fun for me to get into and do. And 
uh, I mean, everyone likes to look good, right? So I, I try to implement that in my daily life. Why not, you know? Hey, why not? Like, between you and me, uh, who do you think has, like, the better off-track style? Is it, like, you still aspiring to, to Bogle, or is he is he uh, nipping at your heels at this one? I think it's just different. Like, it's, <laughs> like we're very similar in it as far as, like, what we like and the – you know, the clothes that we try to get or, you know, that, that kind of look, but at the same time, it's, it's a lot different. So he has like a certain, I guess, kind of look you would say, or things he kind of gravitates to and minds a little more this direction. But overall, I mean, I think we're doing it, I mean, better than anyone else at least. So, uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. They're just different for sure. But, uh, I think we're right on the same level. All right. Fair enough. Then I'll ask you this. Uh, I assume you're probably a music guy on race day, practice day, whatever. What's in the headphones on a regular basis? What song's getting way too much play right now and you're, and you're worried about actually overplaying and you won't like it in a month or so? Um, but like, what's, what are, what's the, like, the repeat offenders when it comes to uh, you pumping yourself up to, uh, to go fast on two wheels on Saturdays and sometimes Tuesday nights as well? Uh, pumping myself up, huh? Let me think. Well, during the week, I've been on this country kick here lately. I've been listening enough of the country music for some reason, but really, um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I guess Oklahoma is just coming out. I guess I don't know really how okay. to describe it, but yeah, it's been a little weird for me. But um, during the weekend, like it's still pretty much. I have this same little playlist I've had for a while, and I'll add you know a handful of songs here and there as I go and delete some from years past or whatever. But um. Yeah, I have this little, little playlist I made. It's got some good, good songs that usually kind of get me going pretty good. But um, here lately, I would probably say. Let me see what I listen to this weekend. On my little, my little playlist here. Are you a Spotify so, guy or are you Apple Music guy? No, I'm Apple Music. I I never got into Spotify, so I don't know really what it's about. Mm. So I never really, I never really did it. But yeah, I'm a, I'm Apple Music only. But I would. Say I think like it's basically just weekend, like six and one half dozen in the other. They're basically the same thing. It's just playlists. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. So I was like, well, I, I kind of already have this. Like I already paid mm-hmm. for it. So like I don't want to pay for another one. I'll just do this one. But fair enough. I was listening to uh, Out of Sight, Out of Mind by J Rock. That was a good one. That kind of gets me going for some reason. Anything with J. Cole, too. I really like J. Cole. He's okay. pretty awesome. And then uh, there's a song called Too Much by Drake that came out, like, I don't know, probably six years ago. That's awesome. Um, and that, for, for whatever reason, it just kind of gets me going. So those are probably my three I've been going through a little bit. And, uh, yeah, that's about it for now. But during the week, I'm, I'm laid back with some, with some country music for now, I guess. Okay, okay. Uh, now, you've had a ton of uh, teammates over the years. Are there is there any one particular teammate? You don't have the name names here because that's a big no no in the sport of motocross. You don't out anybody. Is there anybody that you could remember that had like a really strange race day prep or like just superstitious or just a just a weirdo on race day? Who was a weirdo? You don't even have to name him. Just say what this weird person did. Or unless unless they feel like um, you feel comfortable naming them. I. Hmm. It's Shane. It's fine. You can say it's Shane. I mean, I've had a handful of teammates, and, you know, I've over the years, even being on Star, but before that, you know, being on uh, Crossland or Babbitt or, you know, wh- whoever and Cycle Trader. And I can't really think anything that I was just looking at, like, what the fuck? I, I don't really remember uh, <laughs> really seeing that. So I, I don't know. I mean, I've been about the question. Not really on race day stuff. Um, 
like, yeah, I mean, sure, a little bit weird. Uh, not necessarily like a, a pre-race or like anything like that, but I was just like, what are you doing? Uh, for the most part, it's all, it's all basically the same. And I try to get my own little zone anyway, so I'm not really paying attention. So I don't really know. I don't know if I could name anything or anybody that was just off the charts weird, to be honest. <laughs> All right, all right. For, for for a team full of rookies, then there must be at least one or two of them that are or they've had like a welcome to the pros moment where they're just like completely lost on testing or uh, like obviously these kids have been doing it and doing it at a high level for a long time. But like, what are what are some things that some of the Greenhorn kids do when they first get into the pros, especially over at Star? Because you have about thirty teammates that are spending their first six months on on uh, on, on on a race team. Yeah, I think I think mainly you can see the experience of like, you know, me or Christian and you know some of the older guys that have been around for a little bit when it comes to mainly just bike stuff. You know, like when the kids ride, they just ride. You know, that's exactly that's all they do. They don't really know anything else. So you put stuff on the bike or do anything, and when it comes to testing and all this kind of stuff, they're just looking at us. You know, like some of the older guys, me, Christian, and you know even you know Jay Coop starting to get a little older now and understand some stuff, but for the most part the young kids are just like i don't know you know <laughs> so you yeah you can put the handlebars like, on backwards they just still like i don't know yeah literally it's like yeah i'm not sure so like when it comes to that kind of stuff it's funny you know the team's like well how did this feel how did that feel and the feedback is just hilarious they're just like i don't know you know <laughs> like uh, i'm sure you know i guess it was good so and it's kind of the same thing i was the same way i was doing when i was younger so i kind of get it but uh it's just kind of funny through poor nate uh thrasher in the deep end he came started training with us and pretty much just didn't stop and then threw him in supercross and was like yeah here you go and you know let's get you ready and I, he honestly wasn't going to race and i honestly i don't know what they're doing with the kids as far as right now i don't know if he's going to race or if he's not but he definitely got thrown into the deep end but he's handled it really really well and he's a really good kid uh, even you know Jarrett fry he's been around us for a little while now and uh, i'm just starting to get to really know levi and uh, all really just good kids man you know, a lot of potential love what they do and got got some got some drive and grit to them and I, I really like all these kids they've been they've been really fun to be around so i can't complain about them that's that's totally true and I, i'm actually surprised and i don't know how much you've been able to pay attention to it because obviously you're in the series but like same way that uh nate thrasher has been sort of thrown to to the wolves a little bit uh, as far as turning pro immediately straight to supercross is that and the other thing like uh, one of the guys you're competing against on a regular basis, uh, Max Voland, like literally 10 weeks ago, he's at Minio's getting his ass handed to him, and then he's lining up on a Supercross. Like, that is a huge transition, and like, he hasn't broke the a podium yet, but like, the fact that he's doing as well as he has so far, I think that's. Uh, I'm pretty impressed so far. Like, like the jury's still out on what, what what's going to become of his, his career, but so far, not as rocky as everyone thought it was going to be. No, I mean you can't be mad at what he's doing. He's uh, he he's honestly doing doing really well and fifth in points. Made it look um, part of what? I think he's sixth in points uh, right now. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's that's definitely that's. I mean, nothing to be bummed about. I mean, the kid's doing really really well for all things considered. Like he was literally riding a not that long ago and hadn't even rode a two fifty F. So. I mean, the kid's obviously got a lot of potential, like KTM signed up for a reason, and he's done he's done really well up to this point. Like, I, I think it's about as good as you can ask out of the kid, to be honest with you. So, uh, I, I think he's got a really bright future. He's done a lot of things well. You can tell he was, he was coached well on how to ride, and 
I, it's it's a good thing for him. Everyone was questioning, I think, mainly why they put him on this coast. Maybe you want to wait till the next coast, but but if we look at it in theory, um, I, I think there'll be more factory riders on the, on the second coast, uh, more kids that have maybe a little more experience and stuff like that. Now, you know, with RJ and Austin, the the field doesn't look as deep, but on each team, you know, some really really good guys. They just isn't as many so the next coast like even our team will have three guys probably on the next coast pc will have three and you know a handful of teams like that will just have more guys there so um I, I think it's been a good move i mean like i said the kid's done really well and you know i obviously having to race him on saturday but he's uh he's got a lot of potential and you know i, I think gonna have a bright future absolutely i think this is a perfect opportunity especially with with forkner and uh uh, and RJ out, he basically, like, he with the equipment and skill set, he can basically hang out in sixth spot, race, like, don't worry about results, be like, kind of happily in that little kind of no man's land between uh, the, like, factory dudes and the, and and everybody else and, and i think he he can move in the right direction i think it's a uh things are playing out well for him so far let's focus back on you right before i let you off here on the big mx radio podcast brought to you by alpine star mx uh which of course are the alpine are the boots uh, of choice on your feet and have been for a number of years now yes sir yes sir love alpine star stuff they get us laced and can't complain dude best boot in the biz Oh, absolutely! Like I don't know. Like, are you a white boot guy? I'm a white boot guy. Like, I know you guys don't change a lot, especially for the team side of things. But like, I, I like a fresh set of white boots. There's nothing quite like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to hate them to be honest, just because like I, I lived at at Raynard's. Raynard's and nothing but red yeah. dirt. So they just <laughs> so bad. So I was like, dude, I hate white boots. I just want black ones. But uh, they were just really hard to clean. That was the only reason why. But I mean, there's nothing like a fresh, like, white set of boots. They just look sick. And I think from a marketing standpoint, they really want us to wear white boots, too. So um, it, it does make sense. But, yeah, I mean, I, I can't complain about a fresh set. Now that I get them for free, I'm like, yeah, they, they're sick. But back then, I was paying for them, and it wasn't really that cool. So, um, But I, I do get it. And it. Yeah, they look good, dude. I can't complain about them. Absolutely. And, like, completely off topic. I'm sorry to keep you longer this way, but, like, boots used to be something that you had to, like, work in. They were almost like a like a catcher's mitt. It had to, like, you had to have a pair of boots for, like, a few weeks before you liked wearing them. Now the break-in period is almost instantaneous. You put them on, they're like slippers, but they're still, su- they're still uh, supportive somehow. Um, how long do you like to keep boots? And then, like, do you sometimes hang on to them, like, long after they're kind of busted and, like... Or, or are you like, give me, a, give me a set of freshies. Like, I, I, I need that in my life. Yeah, I actually do like uh, when they're a little, a little newer. Like, I like that feeling of it being a little tighter on the ankle. Yeah. It's, like it's not packed out at all. Something I don't really, yeah, I don't really know how to describe it, but I do like that feeling. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I try to rotate them in and out as much as I can. I don't really just wear what set at practice. You know, like every single day. He's just going to switch it up quite a bit so they all stay about the same. And then once they all hit the hit the dust, they hit the dust at the same time. So, um, but yeah, that's that's my theory on it. I, I don't know. This probably makes no difference, but that's why I like them a little fresher, just being a little tighter around the ankle. And for some reason, it makes me feel like I have balls on my feet more. So that's why I like it. Fair enough. Well, uh, fresh set of boots for uh, for. Colt Nichols rolling into Indy, three rounds in Indy, and then I believe one in Orlando. Then you guys take a bit of a break. Um, what? Where's the body feeling fatigue-wise? Like this, this is the 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 quickest bout 
of uh, of three round of six rounds that has ever happened to uh, to a, a 250 series. Uh, it's pretty incredible to see you guys going back to back to back to back to back. Are you the kind of guy that's like, let's go do some racing? I gotta train during the week anyway, uh, or is this a bit taxing on you? No, I, I mean I prefer the schedule to be honest with you. I mean, I think most racers would agree. Like it, it's it's uh, during the week stuff that's the hard stuff. You know, like the the race days per se, it, the work's already done at that point. You know, like if you were underprepared like me in years past, it would have been I would have preferred having you know a full week of race to race. But cutting into a season healthy and uh, feeling like I, I'm ready to contest for a championship. Like, I, I like this back-to-back. You know, we, we go there, we stay. I mean, it kind of sucks being away from your own bed for that long, but whenever you get there, you get a little settled in, you know, hotel life for some days or whatever, and you, know, you come back, and during the first back-to-back, you don't really have time to, to ride anyway. So you just race, come back, and you chill, do some recovery spins, and then go race again. So, I mean, I'm a racer. I like that. You know, I like being competitive that many times in one week. So, I prefer the schedule. I think it's cool. Right on, man. Well, last question I have for you. Rolling into Indy, uh, it's going to be soft. It's going to be ruddy. Uh, does that play into your uh, your strengths? And what needs to happen over those three rounds for for you to uh, walk walk out of Indy and say this was this was a productive three rounds? We did what we needed to do. What needs to happen for you? Uh, I mean. I, I think I like the soft dirt. You know, I've only raced Indy actually one time in my career. I raced this time in this, uh, 15 when I rode for Crossland Honda. It was That's one right. of the three races I made that year. Yeah, and, before uh, you did your name. I honestly loved it then. Yeah, I loved it then. And I, I, I haven't been back since, so I don't know what it's like. You know, I don't know if it's still the same kind of dirt. Uh, I'm sure it will be. But, yeah, it's going to be soft. It's going to get extremely ruddy like it always does. And, see, that race is so gnarly. By the end of the main, every. Everybody's like scrambling, trying to find a smooth line on the track, and I personally like that. I think that's cool. So uh, we'll see. I mean, I guess only time will tell over, over the next week, and hopefully, I can go there and, and do work. But yeah, leaving Indy, I, I just I want to be the sole owner of a red plate. I don't really want to show it. So uh, if we leave Indy and, and be like that, I, I would be very satisfied. Right on, man. Teammates going into. Uh, into Indy with a red plate that's never happened before. Sparks will fly. All of those. Uh, the the narratives that will be put upon you over the next uh, 10 days or so and I love it it's all the drama of the series we build it up and that's why we watch Colt Nichols here on the Big MX Radio Podcast you're a repeat offender a friend of the show and I really appreciate the time today man Uh, this has been fantastic yeah of course thanks for having me man of course always a pleasure awesome man well do not hang up just yet but for podcast sake we're going to cut it off right there well There you have it. My interview with this last weekend's 250 main event winner, Colt Nichols. As I always say, fantastic interview. Love Colt. Great guy. Uh, And he's just um, someone that you you, you can cheer for. And I hope that you you guys do cheer for him. He's somebody who uh, works really hard and uh, puts his heart and soul into things. Not that other guys don't. But uh, I'm a big Colt Nichols fan, and uh, I hope nothing but good things for him. I hope that things work out for him in the championship. And uh, I just uh, I love seeing a guy who uh, who really is genuine and uh, and works hard and uh, um, just just loves the sport. Um, has a lot of success in the sport. And I think that um, he's dealt with some injuries. I hope that he, that uh, that part of his career is behind him and that he can look forward to uh, some fantastic years and uh, heading into Indy. Well, 
appreciate you guys listening to the show. As always, I always mention that when I address you guys, but I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, you take your time out of your busy day to uh, come to the Big MX Radio podcast for some inter- entertainment. I hope that I do that for you. And uh, I also hope that uh, you'll you'll take my uh, little fee from the beginning of the podcast and that you'll, you'll pull, pull through for me. I would really appreciate it if you could send me one friend. No, I don't need money. I just need one friend from of, uh, of yours, a like-minded individual that loves motocross and loves listening to podcasts. Send that person to me, and I'll be eternally thankful. Thank you. Have a good night.